welcome back to the podcast today's episode we're going to be talking about lube stds and birth control options initially i wasn't going to include lube in this episode but then i kind of figured there's this stigma around lube and vaginal sex like oh yeah you should be wet your wetness should be able to carry us through that kind of thing and i feel like there's not really in like there's not so much talk about like what type of lube to use with a condom what type of lube to use without a condom what type of lube to use with oral and i don't even think people really know that sometimes people use lube for oral like is a thing so i'm just going to talk about like the types of lubes and how it can affect your condom use and what like situation is best to use them in so lube has a variety and it comes with its different bases so you know how you have like your skincare product and it's like oh this is an oil-based skincare product this is water-based things like that but with lube you have water silicone oil and hybrid and with hybrid it could be a mixture of water and silicone silicone and oil or whatever like it could be whatever the packaging says so we're going to start with the two safest ones water and silicone And when I talk about the safest, I mean in terms of how is it going to affect your body because obviously you're using lube and you're putting it in your body different places. So you want to be sure that what's going in your body or what you're using on your body is safe. So with water-based lubes, they're obviously water-based. So they wash off easy, they don't stain, and they're very, very easy on sensitive skin. So most people won't react to them. But the thing with water-based lubes, the disadvantage is you need to reapply often. Because it's water-based, it doesn't really last long. On the other hand, silicone-based lubes tend to last longer. And since silicone is hypoallergenic, it's very safe. Most people also won't get a reaction to that the problem is silicone doesn't wash off easy and if you're using silicone based lube on silicone toys that can also like deteriorate the toys and if you're someone that uses your toys with different people that's going to be a problem because the silicone lube breaks down the silicone on the toy and like it can create like cuts like all those minus like cuts and then it can breed bacteria and if you're using other people that's something you have to like you know kind of worry about so both lubes are safe to use for oral and for penetrative sex the only disadvantage with using water-based lube is that you'd have to reapply often and that's not a lube i would recommend for anal at all if you're going to do that i would recommend silicone-based lubes So the next type of lube we're going to talk about is the oil-based lube. And I feel like that lube is good for like massages and that is it. Like that's the end. For me, it goes in the trash. The same with dildos and patriarchy. Both of them. I say both of them. Three of them. All of them. Enter the dustbin. Three, three, like no recycling. They're just all trash because oil-based lubes have higher rates for infections and vaginosis. Like they stain your sheets, difficult to clean up. And with condoms, they cause wear and tear on the condom so it's easier for the condom to break for it to rip and then after it breaks you're now wondering plan b plan b pregnancy pregnancy std std look at all of these problems you see what i mean it goes in trash with doodles and the patriarchy like i said before on this podcast if you want me to stop mentioning the patriarchy you know what to do you can follow me to their office and we can file a formal complaint when they stop it i will stop talking about it and before i even move into the next topic i just want to address something i'm not dragging anybody this place is a safe space but 
you know that there's some people that might be listening if you're listening and you do it or if you've experienced it and you know someone that does it maybe pass the message along but you know that some people they're ready to do some stuffs and they'll turn around and say ah where's the lube and some of you will stretch your hand and bring vaseline don't do it again don't do it again from today stop that change your ways it's dangerous it's life-threatening that's an attempt on a life so please on a more serious note please don't use vaseline it is dangerous to both people it doesn't help you it doesn't feel nice it causes tear in the person's area especially if you're using it in your jesus i can't even imagine it let's not talk about that just don't use it please for your sake and for your partner's sake avoid it if you don't have anything that you can use stop go to your nearest sex shop or just forget about it for today but just avoid vaseline avoid petroleum jelly products in general like those are very 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 dangerous so the next thing i'm going to talk about is stds and with stds i'm going to talk about std testing and this is something that really 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 drives me over the edge because not enough people that are sexually active are getting tested for stds and it pisses me off because it's crazy and i can't really blame them because obviously you learn and you move through life like the educational system doesn't talk about it society as a whole doesn't talk about it it's just abstain from sex so you don't get diseases so you don't get hiv like nobody talks to you about lgv nobody talks to you about hpv how many people that have access to this information and that have access to this test even know what lgv is and you know what's crazy <laughs> you know what make you say damn it stds <laughs> honey <laughs> They don't discriminate you can be on the streets you can be on the sidewalk you can be in your house with your baby <laughs> and they can come for you they will attack you wherever you are they don't discriminate they don't care about your standing you be walking with somebody and you ask them when was the last time you got tested they look at you say a year ago excuse me why it's like oh i don't have any symptoms so i don't think i need to get tested excuse me have you been worrying people yes have you been sucking dick? Yes. Have you been in pussy? Yes. So why aren't you getting tested on a regular? What was the reason? What was the reason? Explain to me. Like lay down, lay your foundation so that I can step on it and we can talk. Cause I want to know. I have to figure it out. And it doesn't even help that some countries have bad healthcare. I know in America, with or without insurance, an STD test can cost you from as low as twenty to. and I don't have $600 to spend if I was in America and I didn't have insurance. Without insurance in Canada, it can range from about $50 to $200 depending on the test you're going to get as well. And personally, I don't know what it's like to get tested in Nige. I've never been tested in Nige. And to be honest, I'm kind of scared to even try because I've heard stories about like them sending girls back or them calling their parents and things like that. And it's like, isn't there doctor-patient confidentiality in Nigeria or something? And I can't give truth to the stories I've heard or the stories I've read. I don't know who's adding salt. I don't know who's adding pepper. But like, if any of these things are true, that makes it very difficult for people to go to the hospital and say, oh, I want to get an STD test, especially younger people, especially in Nigeria. So it's like, damn, like nobody's getting tested. And this could also be a reason why. And on top of not getting tested, for whatever the reason is, you hear people say, oh, if you get an STD, you can treat it. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Eh? My dear, herpes, it does not go. 
HIV, it does not go. I mean, there are drugs that can help you maintain your health, but why would you put yourself in unnecessary risk if you have the means to get tested? It doesn't take anything out of you. Sit down, pee in a bottle, go to the lab, take some blood, wait for your results. You're clean, your partners are clean, you're safe, you have peace of mind. And those of you that are in relationships that think, oh, because you're in a relationship, you have peace of mind, don't be too settled. Remember, I said STDs can come into your house. They're not for people on the streets. They're not for people on the sidewalk. They can attack you anywhere. And it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous not to check because you or your partner could have been in a relationship with someone else or could have had sex with someone else and you guys entered this relationship and now you're like, oh yeah, we're together. We're only sleeping with each other so we don't need to get tested. And maybe one of you just decides, let me just go and get tested. And you find out you have an STD. It may not be from your partner, but it could be from your previous relationship because you didn't know and that can be extremely troublesome because if it stays too long in your system it has dangerous effects like some STDs can make you infertile some STDs can damage your organs like these things are very dangerous things they're not for just people that are single or people that are moving about like it's for everybody if you're sexually active regardless of who you're having sex with it is extremely important and it's something that you should take care of for yourself and for your partner and they're like several ways to get STDs. Did you guys know that you can have chlamydia of the eye? Like you can actually have chlamydia in your eye. It's not, it's not a joke. You can Google it. Just Google chlamydia of the eye. It's a serious thing. When I heard it, I couldn't believe it. But as far as you have contact with an infected person's body fluids, like vaginal fluids or semen, and it gets into any area of your mucous membranes, you're in trouble. You're in serious trouble. Your eyes, your mouth, your vagina, your asshole, your dick, anything, and it can cause you stress. So again, if you have the means, please get tested. I know I've been talking about STD testing, but it's very important. Please, please. I'm obviously not going to list like all the STDs that I know because that would take a lot of time. I just want to talk about the mini to focus on STD testing and how you can even get STDs in the first place. You can get all as far every single std there is in this world you can get it through either vaginal or anal sex all of it some of them you can get through oral because obviously your mouth and vaginal fluid or semen is very very dangerous you can get very 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 few from kissing and from touching um with kissing if someone has a cut on their lip or if someone has a sore like with herpes it's very very possible for you to get that and you might not even know it might just come as a you might think it's a cold so you might think it's just a minor cut so this is one of the reasons why we everybody has to be careful so please if you're listening and you haven't gone tested in a long time i'm suggesting you go to planned parenthood and get tested i am suggesting planned parenthood because most of the time their std testing is free and that's mainly what they're about std testing birth control and stuff like that so that you avoid overwhelming healthcare workers more with the pandemic that's going on and the last thing i'm going to talk about is birth control options if i could advocate for something other than yam i would advocate for birth control because jesus pregnancy to me at this age sounds like terrorism if someone wanted to 30 me 30 me and say i'll make you pregnant i'll i'll stop what i'm doing i'm not even joking because it's like i for me i personally believe you shouldn't bring a child into this world if you're not ready to take care of the child mentally physically financially emotionally like 
children are work and you once you have a child you devote your whole life to them they become your entire life so if you're not ready for that get on birth control so that you don't have to be like oh my god i don't want a bottle oh my god i don't want to give up my baby get on that so that you can save yourself that stress again it all comes down to some countries not having affordable health care some people can't afford it so i can understand but if you can if you're in the situation that you can afford it you're in a country that gives it to you readily please try your best and get birth control so the first contraceptive we're going to be talking about today is the pill and we have two types of pills we have the combined pill and the progestin pill so the combined pill has estrogen and progestin and it basically stops your ovaries from releasing an egg every month so it's 99.7 to 99% effective with perfect use 92% effective with typical use that is a failure percentage of 3 to 8% and with birth control pills they make your period more regular they reduce cramps and personally i love them i said my first method of birth control was the pill and when i was on it i loved it so much if my period said it was going to start on monday it started on monday if it said it was going to end on tuesday it ended on tuesday like it was there there was no extra day there was no leftover none of that i loved it and also obviously with everything that has an advantage there's a disadvantage the disadvantages with um the combined pill is they can cause you um side effects like irregular bleeding bloating breast tenderness headaches and some pills may not be suitable for women over 35 or like women that smoke when i was on the pill my doctor asked me a lot of questions do you smoke um take your blood pressure they even ask you like if you have a history of breast cancer so i feel like a lot of people are very very scared when when they hear like oh contraceptives like oh my god too much hormones too much this you have to talk to your doctor and figure out together like what is the best path for you what is the best option for you to take to protect yourself from pregnancy if you're not trying to be pregnant the next pill we're going to talk about is the progestin only pill and for this pill it alters your mucus in your cervix to basically stop or reduce sperm penetration and it's the same thing with the combined pill in terms of effectiveness with perfect use it is 0.2 percent less effective so it's 99.5 percent effective but with typical use it's 90 percent effective meaning it has a 5 to 10 percent failure rate and it basically has the same side effects as well the next birth control method we're talking about is the needle and the needle is a hormonal birth control method and I think you have to get it every three months it's 99.7 percent effective with perfect use 97 percent effective with typical use which for me i think is still high with typical use is like oh sometimes you miss some sometimes you don't and i feel like that's this is a very good compromise because you only have to take it every three months one shot every three months and you're good to go so it basically has the same risk as the progestin only pill because it is progestin that you are taking the next method I'm going to talk about is the patch. I personally don't like the patch because I've read on it and it also says that sometimes it may not work for women that are bigger. So like from, I think from a certain weight, the patch is basically not as effective. So with perfect use, it is 99.7% effective. 
with typical use it is 92 percent effective for me one of the cons is is weekly so you have to change it every week and it basically has the same benefits as a combined birth control pill the risks are also the same as the combined pill because they have the same hormones in them the next method i'm going to talk about is the ring and the ring is a monthly contraception so i think you have to take out the week your period is starting you have to take it out that week i personally don't know how to use it i don't know anyone that uses it but it's 99.7 percent effective with perfect use 92 percent effective with typical use and it has the hormones estrogen and progestin as well so the benefits are the same with the combined pill and the risks are also the same with the combined pill so the last hormonal contraception we're going to be talking about is the ius i have the ius and i think it is fantastic it was one of the best decisions i've made in my life it's five years three to five years depending on the brand you take it's 99.8 percent effective with perfect use and with typical use as well because once you put it in there it's in there there's no it doesn't drop out unless you want to take it out and like i said it's every three to five years and for me i don't know about other people but i stopped having my periods at the i think eighth to ninth month mark i won't lie it's kind of painful to get and for the first three months your body is basically rejecting this foreign object in you so your periods are irregular you might have like they tell you you have irregular bleeding you can have a period for like maybe 12 days 20 days it happens but like i feel like the benefits outweigh the disadvantages so for me i would anybody that asks me i'm like get the get the ios i opt for it like i i love it and obviously apart from protecting you from pregnancy it can reduce cramps can stop your period which i think is a very big plus and it can also like reduce your menstrual flow if you know some people still have their periods with the iud it's still very very common some people don't but then there are also disadvantages to something this fantastic so obviously you have side effects like i said the cramping and the bleeding for the first maybe three months and then you have like the hormonal side effects as well your headaches your nausea and it may actually after you put it in the first time is liable to fall out because it does see six percent of women experience the iud falling out and 0.16 percent of cases can have a uterine perforation that means when it's in when it's going in it can perforate your uterus and i think 0.02 out of 100 women get atopic pregnancies from an ius then we have the non-hormonal iud which is the copper iud so for people that are looking for options with no hormones in this is your girl and she's 99.1 percent effective with perfect and typical use typically the copper iud does last longer than the ius because there's no hormones attached to it i don't really remember how the science of the copper id works but i know it's something about copper and sperm not going together that it, it stops what's going on there but i personally don't like it because it causes more cramping heavier periods the atopic pregnancy rates are higher the perforation rates are higher the fallout rates are higher so i'm like why would i get something that would cause me 
a lot more damage than the hormonal one for some people it could be because they literally just can't get the hormonal iud that they have to take the copper iud some people can't even use hormonal birth control at all so they either end up using none or end up with the copper one for me the best method of contraception is a vasectomy because it's foolproof like if you want to have your kids have your kids after you're done snip snip like you don't have to waste time because what's the point of still keeping it there like i just think it's the best because they're 12 months in a year and if i were to get pregnant out of those 12 months i'd be pregnant for nine maybe even more but a man can go around and impregnate like 12 women at a time each month for the year and he's still he's still going around and he can even impregnate more so it's like i don't see why i have to be the one to bear the sole responsibility of making sure that i don't bring a child into this world unnecessarily when i'm not the one that actually does you know the business i know there was a male birth control released and it had about one third one third of the side effects that female birth control has and they didn't release that drug to market it's way safer so in my opinion i'm like why why not release that kind of drug into the market why why explain explain yourself what's your reason you know why i don't have to say it because i'm sure that you guys know what it is we've been in this life long enough to know that that's the stuff i'm still talking about non-hormonal options we have the condoms and the diaphragm so we have the male condom the female condom and the diaphragm personally wouldn't recommend the male condom it's useless it rips whatever like don't let that be your only safety net for pregnancy for stds however you're on the right track wrap that shit up you know wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up wrap it up you can't just be leaving yourself exposed for the female condom i wouldn't recommend at all for stds for pregnancy because it has a five percent failure rate even with perfect use and a 20 percent failure rate with typical use so i five percent even with perfect use is too much for me to risk stds and pregnancy as well as the diaphragm it also has a 6% failure rate with perfect use and a 20 to 21% rate with typical use. So people that can use this properly, if that's your choice, go ahead. Personally, I wouldn't recommend them because for me, I just don't think they provide me enough safety. I want to feel like I'm safe enough. I want 99%. I don't want 95. I don't want 97. I don't want, I don't want to hear failure rates. I don't want any of those words when I'm looking at things like this. So there's obviously a lot of birth control and I didn't list all of them. I only listed the ones that I had tangible research on with their perfect and typical rates, their advantages and disadvantages. And I felt like these ones would also like the ones that most people know about and are questioning. So that's basically the end of this episode. Thank you guys for listening. This is going to be the last episode of this season. If you've been around from episode one to two, I explained the structure of the podcast and how it was going to go. If not, then you can just listen to those and understand what's going on. I've been having so much fun making content for this podcast and I hope my content is interesting and everybody that is listening is enjoying it because I really do like it. I'm also super excited for the next season and the content that I'm bringing. I have some amazing guests and I can't wait for you guys to hear the content. So thank you for listening and I hope you guys tune in for the next season.